Today we come to Revelation chapter 6. Uh, when we come to this chapter, understanding um, what, it, what its imagery uh, represents and conveys, you understand very quickly and appreciate the emphasis of chapters 4 and 5 placed on God's sovereignty over all things and his goodness. Because Revelation chapter 6 is in many ways a sobering chapter. Uh, it bears repeating that the book of Revelation is a book is not a book entirely about the future, but is just as much a book for Christians of all time at any age until Christ returns. What we read in this chapter describes conditions that Christians of every age can expect until the Lord returns. But return he will, and what a day that will be. Let's take a closer look at the chapter. And the, the, the one, there's two, two overarching points that I want to emphasize from this chapter. One, Jesus was right. And the second, Jesus will win. So let's think first about Jesus was right. When Jesus was with his disciples in the upper room before his arrest and crucifixion, he told them and us plainly in John fifteen twenty, Remember that the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. We see the truth of that statement played out in vivid description in Revelation 6. As we enter the chapter, we're immediately met with a series of images. In the vision, the seven seals that sealed up the scroll of God, remember, the scroll represents God's eternal plan uh, for the world that he's made, and, and these seals represent uh, various aspects of the unfolding of that eternal purpose. And... and um, the seven seals that, that, in this chapter, the seven seals that sealed up the scroll are, are opened, revealing on the, on the way devastating realities. As Christ opens the first seal, one of the living creatures, that is a, cher a cherub, declare the vision of, uh, verse, verse 2, a white horse whose rider had a bow and a crown was given to him, and he came out conquering and to conquer. Uh, this first image no doubt represents Christ. For one thing, the white horse here is mentioned again later in Revelation 19, 11 and following with Jesus very obviously its rider. <laughs> so when he when it appears here, it's also Jesus as his rider. Further in chapter 6 verse 2, the rider is given a crown and conquers, given more proof that it's Christ. So with the first seal opened and revealed, we find Christ continuing to be active in the world, which we already saw in the first section in the various churches. Yet when the second seal is opened, we meet in verse 4 another horse, bright red. This horse, it appears, represents the, the, the persecution against Christians that believers will endure for as long as Christ is active in the world. In fact, the red horse here seems to represent the reality of martyrdom among Christians throughout the church age. For one, he has said in verse 4 to, to come to take peace from the earth, indicating persecution in general, but is also said to come in verse 4 so that men should slay one another, indicating martyrdom in particular. The key word there is slay, not just indicating death in general, but the death of Christians. How do we know this? Well, later in the chapter, when the fifth seal is opened, we encounter these very 
uh, Christians, it says in verse 9, who had been slain for the word of God and for the witness that they had borne. So, uh, you know, when we see in verse 4, so that men should slay one another, who are the men who were slain? Well, who are the people that were slain? Verse 9 says it was those who had uh, been slain for the word of God and the witness they had borne. So for these reasons, the appearance of the of the red horse indicates the very real risk of martyrdom that believers all over the world will encounter throughout all ages of the church for their faithfulness and witness to Christ. It is worth noting uh, with this with, that with this risk for the Christian that God is still sovereign over even the the death of His own people, since nothing happens to them that is not, as verse four will say, permitted by the Lord Himself. The reward that awaits these martyred Christians will be vividly displayed time and time again in Revelation. It's not the case that every single Christian will meet with the reality of martyrdom. It is the case, however, that every Christian will meet with resistance or hardship of varying kinds because of their confession of Christ. So when the third seal is opened in verses 5 and 6, another form of persecution is introduced. With the third seal, we see in verse 5, a black horse. This horse, horse's rider is seen, um, as it puts it, with a pair of scales in his hand, verse 5, and basic daily food items such as wheat and barley. And they, those, those basic food items are said to cost, as it puts it, a denarius each. That is, an entire day's wage. So, Simple things like wheat and barley cost a whole day's wage. More expensive items, such as oil and wine, are not even available to be had. These are the, the pictures of extreme economic hardship and persecution coming that way that Christians will no doubt have to face for their commitment to Christ. We've already seen earlier in the letters to the churches in Thyatira and Pergamum, for example, that even first-century Christians in those places often refused to join trade guilds or trade unions in those cities because of the pagan practices in which they would have to be involved. But because of that, their businesses suffered, and they suffered economically uh, as a result of that decision. Well, the fourth seal is broken, and we see a pale horse, and its rider's name is Death, and Hades followed with him, verse 8. Um, he also brings in his wake, verse 8, things like famine and pestilence. Well, this seal seems to, uh, to not, not to represent necessarily hardships and persecution specific to Christians, but rather hardships that come to every person simply because of the fallen world we live in that's broken by sin. This world is indeed broken by sin, and, and Christians will face general hardships that arise from the fact uh, that, that we just live in a broken world, as well as additional specific hardships coming from the fact that we're Christians, which we saw in the first three seals. But what is the end to be of all this? Um, Jesus was right that persecution will come, and it will come in many forms. But the, with the, the remaining seals, we find the second truth, that Jesus will win. We find when the fifth seal is broken, those Christians who died for their faith, those who were slain, uh, for for the, the word of God and the witness that they had borne, those Christians who had died for their faith, crying out to the Lord, when, he, when will you come <laughs> and vindicate 
his name that has been profaned among the nations throughout the church age. They cry out in verse 10 with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? How long? When will it all end? How will it all end? At this point, the sixth seal is opened where the curtain begins to be pulled back to reveal the judgment of God and the vindication of his people and his great name. It's a truly horrifying scene depicted. Uh, John sees six objects to describe the cataclysmic judgment. He describes, one, a great earthquake. Two, the sun became black. Three, the full moon became like blood. And four, the stars of the sky fell to earth. Five, the sky vanished. Six, finally, every mountain and island was removed. That's in verses 12 through 14. Can you imagine any more cataclysmic events than these? At that point, too, John sees uh, in, in verses 15 through 17, he sees six classes of people who will encounter this judgment. He mentions in rank from highest to lowest, one, kings of the earth, two, great ones, three, generals, four, the rich, and five, the powerful, and finally six, everyone, slave and free. In other words, no one who is outside of Christ uh, will, will escape the great day of their wrath, verse 17. Uh, it doesn't matter who they are. It doesn't matter what uh, social status they have. No one outside of Christ will escape that day. And in fact, John says that day will be so terrifying that all of those groups in verse 16 will hide themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains, calling to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the Lamb. It's utterly terrifying. Jesus will win. And those who know him and are found, by, found in him by faith have nothing to fear but have every reason to hope as we will see in chapter 7. But for now, those are a couple of thoughts from Revelation chapter 6.